Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Even More Cues, the first oh. and only question podcast That's for our Patreon. sweet and wonderful and cute. Even more cute. Coming at you with answers to your questions. Here we are. We are the morning crew. It's time for the honka honka Q's and A's. Oh, boy. Yeah, baby. Smoking. All right. Hi. How's Jonathan's it? here. He's going to ask some cues. He's going to throw them our way. I am. Hi. Sure. Hi. How are you guys? That's my cue. How are you doing? Oh, good. good. We just recorded a great episode <laughs> with Parker Malloy. It'll already be out by the time you hear this one. But that was fun. That was nice. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun and nice. Jonathan and I were commiserating about it's interesting when you working from home and it, it, you spend all day not talking and then you talk for an hour and it's tiring. Mm. <laughs> it really takes it out of me seeing myself mm. on camera mm. and talking. I know that's mm-hmm. after kind sitting of stress. in complete silence for nine, yeah. ten hours, yeah, sometimes exactly. more. <laughs> but let's get some questions going. Yeah, I'll start off the cues. Uh, Brandon Holsebush on Patreon asks, how much of Cody's showdy is improvised? And do you have any examples from past shows that were off script? Oh, um, that's a fine question. Uh, and here's a fine A. The, mostly not. You know, the the showdy is uh, pretty thoroughly scripted and researched ahead of time. Um, we obviously, we talk a lot about what, is going to go into it and the angles we want to discuss and tangents we want to go on. I will improvise lines during the shooting. Um, at, like I'll add little bits here and there. Sometimes it's about a like a, a point I want to make sure to include. Like, oh yeah, this this thing or or something like that. Sometimes it's just a silly sentence I'm adding or a f- funnier way to like say a thing or something like that. Um, but it is largely like 99% scripted. So the imp- the improvisations are just like a fun little goof every now and then. Um, and as far as examples go, no, <laughs> I can't think of any off the top of my head is what, is what I mean by that. I wonder if you'll be on set and like you'll have done a take or two and then something will come up and you'll be like, oh, this is really funny. I should say this or find a way to add it in. But then you got to do the whole segment again. Do that? Do you like? Oh yeah, that's never really been a problem because it's usually something that like I usually like come up with it in quotes like in the middle of the take. Like I'll just do it, um, and sometimes I will f- because I added the line. I will fuck up the rest of it, <laughs> right? Because the thing is prepared, and then I add that, and then I sort of like get off the tracks. Um, so I have to do it again. I don't think there's really ever been much of it many times where like we've done a few takes, we have it. And then I'm like, ooh, what if we did this? Because if so, I'd be like, nope, not doing it again. <laughs> not worth it. But yeah, so it's it's kind of a, a mixed bag. But it we do try to have a little bit of fun and not just. We do have the... fun, don't we? We do have a little bit of fun. Pat Mobley on Patreon asks, who owns the show? That's a great question, Pat Mobley. Uh, we do. Mm? Cody and I do. We do. We own the company. There, I think there's some confusion because we re- recently started working with cast, but they're um, advertisers. And a big thing that was really important to us is that we maintain ownership 
and own the IP. They don't um, control anything other than they do our deals and placing ads. Um, and we have a contract with them that we know we need to honor. But other than that, we own it and the show is ours to do with what we will. Um, you know, uh, yeah, that was a big, it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, and you know, Jonathan included in our doc here that there are some other questions related to it, you know, like how is the, the Patreon affected and, and like how much do we rely on it and, and whatnot with all of this? And we very much rely on the Patreon is the answer. Mm. You know, we've been growing in order to do the output, uh, weekly hour long shows. We've, we now employ about 15 people. Um, and in order to do that, we needed to accept advertisers, but it's not, it's been very helpful, but you know, the Patreon is a big piece of that puzzle. Um, we also have exciting things that we're working on. Like this has been a great opportunity for us to expand so that we can start to develop other projects. Uh, I might as well say that I'm working on a show that I will be hosting. Um, it's not ready anywhere near but we've got plans <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be a little while but yeah there's you plans. know we're scripting it we're in the development phase but I'm very excited about that sooner than later and you know a couple other exciting new projects that are very much in the pipeline and we wouldn't be able yeah. to do that without you and also advertisers <laughs> well i mean yeah like that's the um because you know we used to do an episode every two weeks or so um, and now it's every week and it is a lot. <laughs> and uh, that, you know, that, yeah, like Katie was saying, like that requires hiring a lot of people and getting the, you know, the machine going. And we want to. It's really exciting that we get to to pay people that we love to work with. You know, it's great. It's a privilege. Yeah. You know, it, it can be uh, between, you know, it's usually like 50 to 70 minutes or so every week which uh most like comedy news shows don't do <laughs> um they certainly don't <laughs> so you know it's uh all all aspects are important we uh and we appreciate we love you very much the ability to continue yeah all right what's another question for us bill culbertson on patreon asks katie and cody do you get pissed off when you make a joke on twitter and people take it seriously <laughs> honest answer bill is it really depends on where i'm at emotionally in my personal life or like how hormonal i am <laughs> sometimes i do sometimes i get angry <laughs> but the trick is to try not to let it get under your skin yeah i would say uh it can vary you know i will often tweet things that are i think are very clearly sarcastic or you know a little a little much for some some folks uh, there's a tweet I have in my head that I'm thinking of that uh, is the example of this. You know, when you send stuff like that out, you know that some people will take it too seriously um, or not realize it as a joke. And uh, I think it can be effective to, you know, drench something with irony <laughs> to make a point about what you're trying to make the point about. Um, sometimes that can be lost and and muddy things up a bit, which I think is not necessarily helpful. So, you know, I, sometimes I think like, if I tweet this, like, I know it's sarcastic and ironic, but like that's putting something out there that might be misconstrued. Um, but, you know, I don't know, like everyone's going to get mad at something. I, I apparently I haven't tweeted enough about how Russia invading Ukraine is bad, which for the record, I think it is. So, you know, people will sort of uh, always find a thing to be mad about or take something out of context or create its own context 
I think the last like six years ruined people's uh, perception of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You know, I, in my experience, at least, I think if you if you publicly were like I was pretty publicly for Bernard Sanders both times. And to a certain corner of the Internet, that means that you are like a crypto fascist or like uh, supportive of Putin and like all this other stuff. And I think people bring those expectations to a lot of sarcastic tweets as well. So I don't know. To answer your question, uh, it doesn't piss me off. It's expected, but it is like annoying an issue. And it's annoying. Yeah. Sean Mitchell yes. on Patreon asks, have any of these right wing pundits you call out ever responded to the videos? No. Uh, ben Shapiro responded to one of my tweets once because he thought. But not videos that... about him. Yeah, so like uh, you know, no about a video. No, I don't think um, there was uh, somebody from the Babylon Bee actually reached out at one point during the uh, we did that conservative comedy video. It's like nine hours long, um, and someone from there reached out actually to sort of say that you know they were expecting to be like really mad about the video and found themselves agreeing with a lot of the points, which was uh, pretty cool and refreshing to hear. Not everything, I don't think, um, but there were some, I think, critiques in there that hit home in a way that wasn't like, you know, I think a lot of those guys there were very mad <laughs> and like upset. And, uh, you know, I, I understand why. And, but I, I was, it was a pleasant surprise to see that somebody saw the video and, didn't take the critiques as like this sort of like personal attack that they need to be offensive, uh, defensive about, but rather just sort of like, yeah, it's not a bad point. Um, I think that's a problem in con comedy these days and so on. So that was neat, but I would, but none of like the pundits or anything like that have ever reached out about a video. Mountain Sharpie on Discord asks, how much of Cody the Shoddy newsman is similar to Cody's IRL personality? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm the one to answer that question. Look, Cody's not like Cody's very nice. That's the thing. Until you get in an argument Thank with God. him. Thank um, No, I'm what? kidding. You are very nice. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Cody is is and is not like his. I mean, it's true. That's how you are. If you're heated, maybe you would make some have elements of the Cody showdy men in you. But for the most part, you're you're very. People are surprised, I think, at how easy you are to talk to, that you're very pleasant and calm and laid back in your life. And um, so that is all a character. But, you know, everything you believe, everything you're saying, you know, and I you mean, make jokes yeah. like that. But it's like a, a heightened version of you, you know. That's the best way I can describe it. I mean, I I, I don't think I act like that at all in real life. Um, no. I am pretty chill. But, uh, you know, if I were like, you know, talking about some of these topics, you would get animated. I like you're saying, like, I'd get like very animated. Yeah. But I'm not like I've... I see you when a topic comes up at a party that's similar to something that we talk about that Cody's amped up. It's like you get much more energy in how you talk about it and you're very animated and, you know, but you're not a grumpy, mean sarcastic person <laughs> well that's the thing there's like it's the energy the yeah. energy i think is there but like i don't think i'm mean no. at all well you're not mean on this show i'm again i'm uh, also that yeah well you know it was a. Uh, it was like i don't know watch every video i was in before we did this news show in 2017 you've also had um, this character i mean look at a lot of the characters we used to a, have you'd play at yeah. cracked 
like that guy. Yeah, uh, I well, I care about these issues, but the character is a newsman who is frustrated with the news. So a newsman. I don't know. I'm chill. He is pretty chill. I get high. I'm nice. I mean, I feel like um, podcast Cody is just you talking. <laughs> from time to time i don't think you're playing a character as podcast cody yeah podcast cody there you go yeah podcast cody is cody or emq's cody yeah emq's cody exactly but you still perform it's still a more animated than if you're just talking if we're just chilling at your house it's still we're all performing yeah here. i mean i can i can like i can like rant about how ted cruz can eat his own shit but like that's ted cruz i don't know <laughs> another question for me good sir for us uh dylan troyer on discord asks how do i justify voting for democrats given how they got a majority and didn't do anything with it these last two years have really cemented the idea that the democratic party is just controlled opposition in this political theater dylan i don't know how to answer you (laughs) (laughs) it's hard right Um, now yeah i don't either it's a personal thing and who knows uh and i'll well, part of it is also, you know, there are people, I think there are going to, there are and can be people who are worth voting for, not just right. because the other guy is bad. Um, and lo- most of those are like on a local level and maybe it turns out they're actually monsters who are lying about what they believe in. Um, but I definitely uh, sympathize and empathize with this, with where this is coming from. And I don't know how to answer it because I don't feel like I don't, you know, we did a video back in the day like, yeah, uh, Joe Biden sucks, vote for Joe Biden. And I would say I stand by that because he does. But I'm glad that Trump's not the president anymore. I'm very glad Trump's not the president during this situation right now. Yeah. But like what you're saying is like understandable. Um, I think that there is a, you know, there might be there's maybe there's a world where if they had like way uh, larger majority than they would get more done. Um, but also that maybe they'll find a, a mansion or a, a group of mansions uh, with a different name. That's the opposite of the squad who tries to stop everything. And uh, Democrats secretly love them because they don't actually want to do what they say they want to do and that they give them an excuse to not do it. So I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think it's got to be a case by case situation. You got to see what we're up against and what we're dealing with. Yeah, I just don't like I don't feel I I, I don't think vote shaming really is effective. And I don't think being like, you got to do it. Like, I don't think that's going to be effective um, necessarily. And I don't want to dismiss the idea that like, yeah, the Democrats don't really do a whole lot. Because you're accurate. And we've done you know, we did a video about uh, Biden, what he's done, what he hasn't done, what he could do. And there are some things that happen that are good. And then some things that should be happening that aren't. And he's undeniably better than the last guy. Everything you're you're saying is expressing is valid. And, and then Democrats do use uh, the fact that Republicans are bad and worse uh, as a reason that you like the main reason to vote for them. Uh, they're always they always seem to be on the defensive and using that defensive position to make it seem like they're the offensive party when they're not actually. Um, so I don't know. Um, I don't, you know, if you have a personal issue with, you know, voting in a way that you don't believe in, I can't tell you that you're wrong because that's your belief, right? So who knows? What a hard question (laughs) that everyone has to answer for themselves. I just want to point out that back in the day is now well into the pandemic. 
because you said you made a video back in the day about Joe Biden yeah. sucks, vote for Joe Biden. And then the pandemic happened, and then Biden became the president, and he nailed it. Pandemic's over. He did everything right, so we're smooth sailing from that on. So I don't even know what you're talking about, <laughs> sir. All right, another question for me, please, for us. <laughs> Josh Berman on Patreon asks, what's the episode you haven't done yet but want to do the most? Well, we know what this is. It's happening. Well, uh, so there are two. Uh, one's on water, actually. I've been wanting to do an episode about water for a long time um, and the importance of water and how maybe, like, like just as uh, things progress and it's, you know, they're trading on water now. It's disgusting. Um, every human being needs water. It's like the one thing we look for when we look for alien life. That's number one, water. What's the thing for life? Um, it's like that phrase, water is life. So I've been wanting to do something just about water and how we treat water and, and uh, Nestle and sort of all these things. Um, and in writing a recent episode on, about Thanksgiving, which isn't that recent, a few months ago, one of back in the Tom day. Ryman back in the day, uh, had a similar thought just in in writing about various Native American issues. was like, oh, yeah, I want to do an episode about water. And I was like, yes, finally. So we're doing that. Um, which I'm excited about, um, and that'll be, I don't know, a few months. And then another one, I would say, which I think, Katie, you were referring to. Sure was. Is an episode on uh, Professor Jordan B. Peterson. I've wanted to do one about him for a long time. I've got an endless document of just links and articles and quotes and clips of him and all this stuff that I think is important to say about him um in a reasonable way but also in a, a very clear in a clear way that is laid out um and i've been wanting to do that for a while and it's been kind of hectic and hard to get together because he talks so fucking much all the time about everything and then he went into a self-induced coma uh and we felt maybe it's not the time to you know do an episode about him and why he sucks while he's in this self-induced coma trying to you know get his life back together so we put it on pause and then time went by and then he was on Joe Rogan again recently and had some very, very funny and silly and wrong ideas about climate change, which I'm sure you heard if you were on the Internet that day. I'm sure you guys are listened to our shows or a live breathe. Yeah. Climate change is everything, apparently, which is why doesn't exist i don't know it's very silly so um that is in the works now um i'm pretty excited about it it's going to be another long like uh you know the ben shapiro-esque type of episode that sort of like gives an overview of a figure like that and i'm hoping to make it a little fun by introducing uh jungian archetypes and exploring peterson the man through these archetypes and taking him on his own little hero's journey so that will be in a month-ish ish. or so. Sounds fun. Don't ish. hold us to the exact date. Of officially saying ish on that. Robert Launder on Patreon asks, how do you stay focused on the news when there are hard things in your personal life? Hi, Robert. That's a tough question to answer. And I think my answer is that you, it's, you have to find a balance. You have to watch out for yourself. You have to take care of yourself. You know, you, you are your number one priority moving through the world. So if you, in your family and, and you can't take on the world's problems when you're not feeling stable yourself. That said, I, I, you know, I've 
struggled with this. You know, a lot of stuff has gone on. I think we all have uh, our personal lives have been tumultuous over the last few years for a variety of reasons. And, you know, I think that creating parameters of when you're allowed to being really mindful with your emotions and your physical reactions when you're reading news, if you're feeling yourself not to use a, a, a phrase that's overused, but, you know, triggered by something, activated, um, knowing to step away. I think it can be hard to recognize the signals that your body is giving you um, because there's so much noise everywhere. Uh, listening to podcasts, personally, <laughs> I listen to podcasts that aren't just the news, but sometimes if I'm like, I'm going to consume some news, I'll do it in a... Um, you know, in an all-in-one session and and then try to create some distance between me and the internet, which is easier said than done. You know, we live on the internet. But I think that mindfulness is a big part of it. A meditation practice, which I am not so great at myself, but I know that when I do it, I feel better. And we recently, you might want to check out um, an episode we just recorded of Worst Year Ever with Eve Ettinger. And we talk about burnout and CPTSD and how those symptoms are, are correlated and you know just we're all under an unbearable amount of pressure and have been for a very sustained period of time and having compassion for that is really important and I think being honest and talking about it and acknowledging what's happening is a real big step in in that it, it helps I don't know if that I've really meandered from your question, but <laughs> I mean, you know, it's related. I don't think you meandered that much, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard balance to strike. Yeah. Sometimes it's functions as a distraction. Sometimes it uh, is something you really have to work hard to focus on um, because you have like, you know, more personal distractions going on. We didn't read his full uh, question. Um, I, I just would like to include for context. Part of it was, um, I find that I can't really focus on myself and what's happening in the world anymore. So kind of finding that that balance between taking care of yourself and creating space for absorbing the atrocities that are all around us. And it is tricky. And, and sometimes you can be made to feel selfish, even by ourselves. Like if, if I don't have capacity to engage with a horrible story that I'm seeing because I'm going through whatever – um, I, there is a part of me that's like, I should care. I, I need to care. I, I do care. It's not that I don't care. It's that I'm, I'm also going through something that needs to be addressed and that's in my immediate, yeah. my immediate path. And I can't show up for this other situation unless I've showed up for myself first. Right. Like you, you, you know, you can still care about something and still, and your focus can be on the things that you need, um, personally, because if you're not doing that, then you can't how do you do anything else how do you uh you know there and there's so many things in the world that you know there are things that can be done but there are a lot of that there aren't really that on a personal level um other than just absorb it and feel bad yeah. right so you could absorb everything and not focus on things in your personal life and like feel bad about all of that and then have it compound and like well i'm not doing this i'm not doing this i'm not doing this and then this is happening so like why why should I feel, you know, that this aspect of my life is important when this is happening somewhere else? Um, but, you know, we all need to, on an individual level, be able to grow and work on ourselves in order to, uh, you know, build towards uh, a better future, which I think we all want. Yeah. 
and um so don't feel i don't know don't feel bad that you can't read up on what's going on you know there's you know it's not that you are excluding all the news of the world i i doubt that you are but you but boundaries are important and they're not always with other people they're sometimes boundaries that we have to set for ourselves you know in in how we move about our life yeah and speaking of jordan balthazar peterson um one of his big things is don't criticize the world until you've got yourself in order and you've cleaned mm-hmm. your room and then you can go out and criticize the world. And then that's bunk. You can criticize the world whenever you want. Who gives a shit? They can't fucking stop you. But the sentiment of taking care of yourself first is important. <laughs> the sentiment of taking care of yourself is like good. It's like that's I mean, that's we're going to talk about that in the episode. There's a whole thing about like how he says this and like there's a kernel of truth there, but he expounds it to be like everything's fine. The status quo is good, but it's important to focus on yourself on an individual level so that, like I said, you can work towards something bigger if that's what you want to do. And without, yeah, letting sort of um, what's all these external things that you can't necessarily do anything about sort of putting a pause on you. Right. And you take time for yourself, I guess, is what I'm saying. I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot, but I think you sound fucking smart and that maybe we should turn this into yeah. an advice podcast. Like you ask us oh, your shit. cues. I've always wanted to do that. Maybe we should just try it out. See if I'm any good at it. I <laughs> don't feel like I are qualified. Should be giving people advice. That's yeah. part of the charm. We'll see. Maybe we can't do that legally. A bad advice podcast. Great. That's got a ring to it. Mm-hmm. Even more cues, a bad advice podcast coming at you. Dear Diary. Bad advice givers. Yeah. That's not a very good title. We'll work on the title for this podcast that we're definitely going to do. But in the meantime, we're done with this one. Oh, geez. It went so fast. Is that all the cues? That's all the cues. Those are all the cues that we've got here. Gosh darn to fucking hell, guys. I just think you're all the best ones, each and every one of you. Um, we are so grateful. Sorry for the delay in this one. I believe we're very late in releasing, but things have been busy and fun. 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 So fun. (laughs) They have been fun, but busy. Also, this will be a little, I didn't sign an NDA (laughs) last couple of weeks. This is a fun behind the curtain moment. My, Mm -hmm. my good friend Milana is the AT&T girl and, um, she spokesperson, spokeswoman. You all know her and love her. She cast me and a bunch of our friends in a bunch of commercials. We're not like prominent. You you just keep your eyes peeled for the same 10 people playing different extra parts around her. Fun. But it was really fun and exciting and exhausting. But we're I'm I'm playing catch up a little bit. Maybe my face will be in them. Maybe they won't. I, I wasn't in a bunch of no, commercials, so I'm feeling bad. No, I'm fine. All right, that's it for us. We love you so very much. Much. Much.